0: The reason our partnership works isn't just because we depend on each other i think first off depending on someone for a specific role is a mistake the reason we work so well is because we have a lot of faith and trust in each other and we
1: both know at the end of the day our goal is the same today i sit down with alex and parth who are the co-founders of Pupring, and today we'll be talking about the beginning to end journey of pup ring all the challenges that they faced and how they overcame them as well as what they're looking to do in 2023 to scale their brand i'm nikita from aspectagency.com and let's get into the podcast welcome to the scaling e-commerce podcast today i have alex Hanparth Pars from upbring and parth i've known for a while alex i just got introduced to before we started recording but these guys have been killing it with their e-commerce brand upbring Uh, And it's mainly specialized jewelry, customized jewelry based off of your dog or, or pup. So how did you guys come up with this specific idea? Because I never even thought of customized jewelry based off your pet name. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a little funny story, right? So originally
2: uh, the idea simply came from uh, somebody else doing, uh, doing something similar. Parth was the original one that was like, Hey, this looks like something interesting that you know that we can jump into and uh it was a buddy of his at the time that he uh, reached out to and he was like hey you know uh, is this something that i can also start playing around with but he was like i am currently going to shut down the store you know these are shippings are too long right so the shipment was taken too long unhappy customers and kind of at that time uh i lost my dog sadly and it just became a passion project really quickly so mm. Kind of started as a random idea, uh, turned into a passion project, and then as time went on, both Parth and I uh, really started to grow with the project, fall in love in the space, fall in love with the customers, and uh, yeah, it just uh, became something that we we both were
1: like, all right, let's let's go into this for the long term. It seems like you guys have a really great community built together of just happy customers. Because anytime I go on your website, I just see like happy. Uh, like happy testimonials and people enjoying and people like having the ring with like their dog or their puppy. And it's just such a nice sight to see. And it's, it's kind of refreshing because it's not like, when you think of like e-commerce niches, that'll scale, no one has thought of just customized jewelry at this point, you know? And when you guys started the company, have you guys been like friends beforehand or were you guys just like, or like, well, how did that even happen? Tell me. Barth, you want to take that?
0: Yeah, sure. Alex and I knew each other from a mutual Discord and a mutual Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So we were acquainted, but we weren't like the closest of friends. As we started to grow the brand, I, or when I first came up with the concept and I started to go into it, I was like, oh, I need help with media buying. So I reached out to the only person that I trusted at the time in that specific avenue and then uh, it came soon to, for me to realize that alex was a good fit he he was really passionate about the project and i think i kind of knew instantaneously that i wanted to do the brand with him so it's kind of like just like a gut feeling and uh we, we knew each other for a little bit but our relationship didn't really develop until
1: we got into the weeds together and <laughs> that's the best way to to build up camaraderies to go through something as crazy as building a business together with someone else who has the same exact passion for it as you do and for me personally, I've had a business partner in the past. It didn't work out. So now I just run things solo. But with you guys, since you guys are our partners, what, how do you guys split responsibilities off, especially in a brand like this and at the scale that you guys are growing? It's pretty
2: straightforward now. Originally we clashed heads so much. <laughs> got a death, but man we had some back and forths right now it's uh it's a pretty even split i'm focused on everything on the marketing end of it focused on everything on the team management and product end of it we both are, are very heavily involved in the finances and yeah that's 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 kind of a very nutshell overview on on how responsibilities
1: are split i think honestly that is the best way to split it up is one person is operations fulfillment one person is marketing and sales because otherwise if you mishmash those two together it gets very complicated very easy or very quickly and responsibilities are just balls get dropped and responsibilities aren't as um as clear cut so i'm glad you guys got that figured out oh, i'm gonna interrupt you sorry go ahead man
0: go ahead um uh, one thing i realized about partnerships is the best partnerships aren't like when people are doing two separate roles because for example like alex is media buying right and mm-hmm. I don't do it, so obviously I'm dependent on him and I, he does a lot of the media buying and I do the site stuff, so he's dependent on me um, for that. The reason our partnership works isn't just because we depend on each other. I think, first off, depending on someone for a specific role is a mistake because that puts a lot of like trust. I think having people to build you up is better, but I think the reason our relationship works is because we can do each other's roles and that's fine. We choose to let each other do their, each individual role. The reason we work so well is because we have a lot of faith and trust in each other. We both know at the end of the day, Our goal is the same. I I think that that's how it has to work because
2: at the end of the day, both partners have to keep the business as number one, right? Like, sure, we might clash heads on certain things, on certain ideas, but at the end of the day, we both want the best for the business. And that is what we have to return to to make sure that the brand succeeds, that the partnership succeeds, and that we're always going, you know, step by step, you know, one foot in front of the other.
1: We have a a principle in our business where the business needs always uh, exceed the the needs of ourselves because that without the business, no one gets fed, you know, and I'm sure that's the same thing with you guys. Without that main vehicle driving performance, you really don't have anything to show for it, or at least that's me that I'm very like black and white in that sense. Um, And I'm sure you can see where I'm coming from on that end. When it came down to actually growing the business, because I know you guys have been growing at a very fast rate, 2 to 4x every year for the last 3 years. How have you guys been able to keep up with that growth? I guess on on the marketing side, you know, you just have to add the budget or make a few more funnels, but on the fulfillment side, I think that's where the complexity comes in, especially with such a customized product like this. I think what we can do is I can
2: I can give you the 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 answer on the marketing end and Parth can give you the answer on the on the uh, on the fulfillment end. Since Let's I- do it. Where we where we split everything up, but definitely from from day one, uh, you know, I I personally had experience in e commerce before puppering. but looking back, I didn't know shit, dude. Like it was it was one of those things where we went into it and we're like, okay, let's you know let's run some Facebook ads, let's do this, let's do that. And year one, like the year one that we were running it, um, uh, we had maybe like two hundred fifty thousand revenue. But then we look back and we're like, this is not profitable, right? We're not actually going up. We're just, we're just digging ourselves into a credit hole, right? What happened was 2021, we got really lucky. Uh, we started posting on, uh, TikTok organic and we ended up going viral. And that was our primary driving factor of growth or primary, you know, growth factor in 2021. So the entire, the entire year there was, was focused around, okay, how do we perfect organic content and, and, and virality. How do we make pieces of content go viral? How do we get more eyeballs on our products and essentially sell more? So throughout that entire year, that was a big challenge on my end, um, to figure that out and we tried a bunch of things probably halfway through the year. We we're like, well, let's try, you know, more Facebook ads. And at that point, we just, we just chuck Facebook. We're like, we're like organic, you know, all the yeah. way, um, so probably like halfway through the year, we we started, you know, we, I think we hired an agency. It kind of wasn't moving anywhere. And we ended up towards the end of the year just being like, okay, well, we need to actually start creating an omnichannel. We have to actually start acquiring customers at a more consistent basis because yeah, you know, viral days are awesome. Our first viral day, we did like 25,000 in revenue, like 60% margins was insane. But that's like, you have your viral day and then like, you know, hardly any revenue. have another viral day and then hardly any revenue and and that was a big challenge on the marketing end um to figure out that consistency since then we we really turned to a more omni-channel approach we figured out paid media um that was for sure a, a big struggle on the marketing end to really understand that at a fundamental level which is all about content right so content was it's all about content for organic it's all about content for paid once we started learning that, that's when we actually started getting a lot more consistency, a lot more growth. So, Parth, feel free to feel free to kind of let in on on the on the fulfillment, end since that also had a, a big um,
0: a big a lot of improvement since the beginning for sure. One of the biggest things that Alex and I can both say about our journey is, if you're afraid to make mistakes, this is not the avenue slash area for you. Like for us, we didn't know anything going into this. Like we genuinely didn't know what was up from down. When we were getting started and it's only now i can look back and be like yeah well we figured out what we're doing but the reality is is uh we made millions of mistakes that some people might consider to be really really stupid or some people might just be like oh well you know that's common sense but <laughs> needless to say those mistakes kind of helped us get here so like fulfilling like we literally were shipping the products to my house i'd package it in envelopes and i'd send it out and it was like that the customer experience was terrible then so they're like, all right, well, you know, let's buy an engraving machine. I bought an engraving machine and did it from here. But we didn't know the processes. I kind of just bought an engraving machine without knowing anything about it. So then we had rings that were a little bit more burnt and rings that, like, the engraving would fade. Um, and then we had to get a dedicated manufacturing facility because I just was doing rings 24-7. So we uh, moved everything over to Ohio. And then there we had our own set of complications. So it's like so many mistakes were made. And now where we're at is a completely different landscape. Like, now I understand... What makes an engraving stay black and all of these really vivid concepts that, you know, are very hard to understand when you're getting onto it. And the simple truth that I can say is just to get to a point of massive growth, you just have to be willing and able to make a bunch of mistakes beforehand.
1: I can't agree with both of you guys more like number one on the marketing side. It's very difficult to have very consistent sale days because I've, I've experienced a virality thing on, on the agency as well on the agency side where like one time, like a Twitter thread popped off, and I got a bunch of book calls, but then it's like dry for a few weeks. And then again, so it's like, how do you levelize that baseline of just consistent sales rather than just boop, boop, you know, um, and on the fulfillment side, you know, seeing it firsthand on my end, because you know, before with agencies, I would just see like, okay, cool. We need to do marketing marketing, but you don't, I don't, I never saw the fulfillment side but when it come to came to building the rug brand for us i noticed the 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 v1 of the product that we made was okay and as we started doing it more and more and more and i'm sure you can attest to this part like the more you do it the more you're in it you see so many different things that could be improved even like little tiny improvements they add up so much to where you have a completely different product by the end of that like iteration period 100%. We increase the size of the rings
0: by like 0.5 millimeters right and the customer responses were like i can't see the engraving and now it's like oh my god the engraving is so visible like i can hold my hand all the way out and i can see it and it's yeah. like the tiniest of changes but you only
1: get there by just like fucking everything else up a part of my language <laughs> you're good um now part of just messing things up and learning from failures because i be- i'm a big believer in that what have you, what's like one of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced since running this brand or since starting it? And how did you guys like overcome that challenge? I think Alex and I will have different answers. Alex, why don't you go first for this? Yeah, for sure. Um,
2: importance of content. I, I kind of touched base a little bit about that earlier. We waited way too long to, to start executing um, and understanding at a fundamental level on how important testing content Learning from failed content and and then recreating content that is working and and reiterating on content is throughout uh, throughout twenty twenty one you know we were going viral on TikTok and we were doing some type of you know Facebook ads but we were running things and not trying new things right it was kind of sticking in that safe same you know the same boat that we felt safe in and not willing to try new things. We were lucky to, to get in touch, um, with our now mentor who really just shoved down our throats that without content, you're not gonna be growing anything, right? So, so yeah, simply put content was, uh, once we started to actually create lots of content, test lots of content, that's when we saw a a big increase in performance, a drastic change in, in a decrease in customer acquisition and just, uh, yeah, a lot more positive results uh, for the brand
0: and community that we were building. There's a quote that uh, he said, which has just resonated with Alex and I for over the years. It's, um, we don't run a pet jewelry company. We run a content creation agency that monetizes with our products. It's like our primary focus is to just create the content and then everything else will naturally come. I yeah. think that's anything marketing related, to be completely honest with you. I think that resonates. Anything marketing
2: related, you are monetizing, you know, that marketing with a service or a product, but the marketing is, was getting those sales and that's what you need to focus on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't agree more than more with you guys about that as someone that does content on a daily basis. So the biggest challenge that I personally faced is
0: optimizing my own output because at the end of the day, right? Like you have different points of scaling, like zero to one kind of need to be a somewhat decent operator. But zero, like one to 10, you have to, you, you sometimes in the early stages that like you don't have the finances to go and hire like every single rollout, right? It's only when you hit the 10 part is when you can do all of the fancy hiring. But getting from one to 10 is all about optimizing self output, in my opinion. So for me, the hardest thing was like acknowledging, hey, I have a problem where I'm playing too many video games or, hey, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z that I know I need to be doing. How do I optimize myself? Like, for example, like the, last year. I ended last year 197 pounds. I was playing too many video games. I didn't really have that many social relationships. I'm now in this part, which is 4623. 623. I am currently I down like 15 pounds. I've been building some awesome relationships, like Nikita. I don't think like we really knew of each other until like very recently, and it's like I'm able to build awesome relationships with you, and it, it's really great because a lot of the stuff you say is spot on. Like everything you're talking about is amazing. That email marketing sheet that um that you shared with me, absolutely banger. I still think you should charge for. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> a work in progress. And I think like optimizing yourself right gets you so much more than anything else because that's at the end of, at the end of the day, right? It doesn't matter what field, doesn't matter where you're at. If you're able to output your, if you're able to control your output and make yourself a more consistent operator, you're going to accomplish far more than if you got lucky and anything like that.
1: Yeah, it's for me it. The way I see it, I think it was like Sam Evans that said this quote, and I don't want to get harped too much on like the guru side, but it's like your business problems are mostly personal problems. So whenever something that's going on in your business, it's most likely a thing that's going on in your personal life. That's dragging you out of the business that is causing that business problem. And when you start to optimize things around your life, whether it's your workload, your relationships. Um, Even the content that you consume, like you notice a drastic change in your business, or at least I do. Um, Whenever I, you know, shut all the windows, close all the doors and only, you know, watch business content as my entertainment time and don't look at Instagram and YouTube, I notice like a significant uptick in my performance in the business. But at the same time, you kind of have to balance that out and not go, you know, all the way to one side and just be business 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 because then you'll burn out very quickly or at least that's for
0: me yeah no 100 i uh ab tested myself it was the funniest thing ever <laughs> um but after i quit video games i was like all right well i want to do work so then i'd spend like the entire day from sun up to sundown i'd just be at the laptop and then i'd wake up i'd go to sleep and i'd wake up and i'd be so exhausted like dude what did i just do i'd recently optimized my own schedule so now i'm like okay well you know i have like specific blocks like i have my uh Deep work, where absolutely no phones. And then I have like communication based work. And then I have my calls and my meetings. And then from six to 10, I am like making it mandatory for me to like do something that's not work related. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Cause I've come up with some of my best ideas between six to 10 when I wasn't working. And then the next day I'm like, all right, well, this is an awesome thing. Let me execute on that. I think that's like the biggest thing is like optimizing yourself and your output. It
1: will change your entire life and business. Absolutely. The amount of times I get great ideas by just going on a daily walk outside or just going to the gym or doing nothing, even washing dishes sometimes, I get a good idea. <laughs> but um, just to transition into one of the last few questions I have for you guys here is, you know, what's the future of Puppering look like? Because I know you have some ambitious goals to hit by the end of 23, uh, both you and Alex. Like, what do you guys, what's the plan for 23? Obviously, we have some extremely
0: ambitious revenue goals. Um, I want to hit 10 million by the end of the year. For context, uh, lifetime worth three million, right? Um, revenue. And so here's the thing: like, that's an insane goal for us because we now need to like three extra systems. But the important thing is, it's it's not about the goals that you set; it's about the systems that you create to then get to that vehicle to that to that goal, right? So it's like we have to optimize our own output and the systems that we build for puppering in order to get somewhere remotely close to that. So. The, the way that we're planning on doing any of these things is simply by just taking it one step at a time. Like, for example, in order to get there, well, we need optimized content. So let's get uh, more content push. We got a new editor on that. Uh, we need to optimize our fulfillment. So we got a new fulfillment team that we're working with and significantly better output than we had previously. Our biggest thing really is just sure we can hit X amount of revenue targets. But if the customer is not happy along that journey, then the, what was the point of doing any of that? You know what I mean? The customer is the primary focus of everything we do. Even if we have ambitious goals, our goal really is just to reach as many customers as possible and make them have the same great experience that our previous customers have had. I don't know, said it
1: better, bro. I think I, I think I pretty much uh, you know hammer on the on the nail. There's no better way to get new customers other than current customers recommending your brand. You know, and if you can have that great experience with, or if they can have that great experience with your brand initially, then You know they're only going to refer new customers and that's where you get that lower customer acquisition and you get more referrals and so i think that's a really good way to or it's just a good strategy overall to to grow your business i guess if you were to summarize the last three years of running puppering together what would be like the three main takeaways that you think future e-commerce brand owners can can learn from and and improve their business Definitely to understand that if you're getting into this space, it's a
2: business. It's not like most of the quote unquote gurus make it seem where it's quick money or whatnot. Like you're building a business, right? You have to treat it like a business. You have to put in the hours like it's a business. You know, if you're trying to escape your nine to five, well, you know, truth be told, you're working 24 seven. You shouldn't be, but as a business owner, you're on call 24 seven. What happens if, if something happens with the ads and now I have to, it's like 11 o'clock at night You and I want to be with my wife, but it's like, no, I have to quickly go do something else, fix something else because, hey, I have to make sure that revenue is still coming in, the cash flow is still coming in. So I think the understanding that if you're going to get into it, get into it, treat it right, learn, never stop learning and don't be afraid to fail. Because at the end of the day, you're going to fail. You're going to fail over and over and over until the time you succeed outnumbers the times you fail. And at that point, you're always going to be failing. Like we're still failing at certain things, but we're still exceeding more than we're failing and we're heading in the right direction. So that's that's what I would say would be my personal uh, summary on on what future e-commerce
0: brand owners uh, should look at. I 100% agree with you. I want to add something onto that. I think The biggest thing a lot of people focus on is, uh, like, let's just say you're running a dry cleaning business, right? Well, if you're in Manhattan, right, how do you compete with the 50,000 other dry cleaners that are there? Um, People add free shipping or people add delivery and all of that stuff, and sure, that might be the incentive, but at the end of the day, if you're looking for dry cleaning, you want to go to the person who does the best job, right? And so I think one of the biggest things is everyone thinks e-com is a fancy game where you're going to be doing, like, 70 different things, and every week are we doing a new task? The reality is, is the best operators in e-com have a very structured and organized and very, lack of a better words, boring life, where they just focus on that one task. For example, Alex focuses on content creation, and that's all he really thinks about day in and day out. Sure, he does some other stuff, and he might have to show up at 12 um, to do some stuff. But the reality is, is a majority of his days is, hey, I got to make content today, so let me go film five pieces of content. And then tomorrow it's the same thing. For me, it's like, well, if I'm in charge of ops and fulfillment, I got to make sure that I'm continuously checking in with my team. I got to make sure that I'm continuously working with our manufacturers and distributors. So it's like, consistency is more important than anything else. Like, if you're just good at the one core thing, like, that's why for us to hit 10 million, right, I'm not thinking of any crazy ad strategies. I'm not even thinking about anything that's really that phenomenal. I'm just thinking, how do we make the core product better? How do we make it so that way the customer is happier? And how do we do that so that way now, instead of us having to come up with some crazy, marketing angles and thinking out of the box strategies we can just do something that's really simple but the creators or the, the customers refer it so our low our cost per acquisition is lower in general because they love the brand and label experience but my other two would be exactly what he said is uh just <laughs> focus on yourself and um i'll, I'll think of the crazy stretch <laughs> <laughs> yeah the crazy stuff like you can knowledge uh, hold up when he said this but one thing I've, I've underestimated significantly is knowledge. Like not a lot of people go out of the way to learn things. Um, and I think that's one of the things that someone that you, we need to look into in our space, especially like when you're a brand owner, every three months, the landscape is not changing entirely, but it's adapting. And we've had our greatest successes by being the first adopters of a lot of different things. Like Upbring was the first adopter of TikTok ads. TikTok organic. When Apple releases their ad platform, we'll probably be one of the first adopters of that as well. So it's like, we've had some crazy success and we we were able to see some real unrealistic numbers like $4 cost per acquisition by just being one of the first people on top of these games, like on top of these individual games.
1: Yeah, and I think that's just something you have to do as an entrepreneur. And I get uh, reminded that every time I talk to whether it's like family or friends that are not, that are like working nine to fives, it's you know i'm like oh i'm on top of this chad gbt thing or the ai thing like as soon as it came out or like at least a week after it came out and they didn't realize it until like last week or they didn't find out about it till like this week and i'm like i've known about this for months my team's been using it everyone that i i talked to has been using it and it's it's like a reminder of i need to get on top of the brand new thing or the cutting edge technology because it's going to help ex- like improve my business significantly or improve my clients' businesses significantly. And when you're not forced to do that and when you're not forced to I guess hunt and gather for yourself and for your team, then you don't really need to learn brand new things. And that's why I think most people that don't really run their own business, they're not as I guess well read because they're not forced to do that. Yeah. And the other thing is is like
0: I only learned about like Chat GBT. Like I, I was pretty ahead of the curve. I was using it to play like Munchkin, a board game with my buddies of like back in November type frame. But I was only really on top of that because of the community that we've built and that we're all a part of. And it's really awesome because like you can supplement some learning, like going out your way to like be on top of all these crazy trends by just surrounding yourself by people who are already on the bleeding edge. And that's something that which I'm very grateful for because like I never really had a community to rely on until very recently. And in that community, I now get to see and understand what other brand owners are doing. And it's really nice to just pick people's brains. So like community leading into bleeding edge technology can help you get there before like, the average Joe does who doesn't have a network. You grow exactly. together. Exactly. Yeah. Grow more like, as a group. Yeah, yeah. So like if I figure out something, I'll 100% share with the group. And it's always cool to, when someone else figures out, they always share with the group. It's like
1: building together is always better than building alone. Absolutely. And I think that's a really good note to end on. So with that said, where is the best place to find you guys? Well, apart from Puppering.com, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we both have, you know,
2: Instagram socials. Um, my Instagram would be Real realalexdj.
0: Um, Parth, you can plug yours in as well. Um, Twitter would be the best place for me. Parth, K-U-K-R. Being a lot more active on Twitter as of recently. So 100%, I might have some really cool tips or tricks that you want to check out. Just go to... Twitter and type
1: Arthike you care on, you'll probably find me. Fantastic. Well, it was a pleasure having you guys on and learning more about the story of Pup Ring, And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value from this podcast. So with that being said, I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for having us, Nikita. Thanks for having us. Thanks again for joining us on the Scaling E Commerce podcast. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps out with the algorithm. If you want email marketing tips delivered straight to your inbox on a weekly basis from yours truly, then check out the link below or in the show notes to subscribe and join my newsletter. If you're a D2C brand with at least 10,000 email subscribers and interested in starting a conversation to work together, then go to aspectagency.com and we'd love to chat with you. And if you want to stay up to date with anything email and SMS, just follow me on Twitter at Nikita or check the show notes for the link. With that said, I'm Nikita and I'll see you in the next one.